So for those of you who are living in the States, it seems that department stores, or really all stores, have completely forgotten that Thanksgiving exists because I already see the Christmas decorations out. In fact, I was at CVS recently, and down one of the aisles was three or four Santas that were about five feet tall and definitely made me jump for a second. I'm just waiting for the decorations to start appearing around Halloween at this point. (sighs) Okay, enough of this intro. Let's get it. One question, one topic, multiple perspectives for each one. You are listening to the Young Catholic Podcast. Today we are continuing the topic, how do we talk to God? And I speak to a good friend of mine, Rebecca Wallace. Rebecca is a Focus missionary, and for those of you who aren't familiar with Focus, they are, and I open quote, a Catholic collegiate outreach whose mission is to share the hope and joy of the gospel with college and university students, inspiring and equipping them for a lifetime of Christ-centered evangelization, discipleship, and friendship in which they lead others to do the same. You can learn more about them on their website. All you need to do is Google Focus Catholic and they should come up. So grab a cup of coffee, relax, or if you're driving, don't be too relaxed, okay? How do we know that we're speaking to God and not to ourselves when we're praying? Oh, I think that so really in prayer okay so back up i spend a lot of my time in prayer in our daily holy hour so we like go to adoration for an hour every day you know on the team in focus but that that's when i spend most of my prayer and then to know that it's really god i mean so you're face to face with the eucharist which is just like jesus himself and Yes. Yeah, so when you're praying and you come to that question of, oh, like, here is an idea or a thought, but like, is this from God or is it from me? I think it's important to spend a lot of time with it and to see if it's calling you towards the fruits of the Spirit. So like kindness and like generosity or like gentleness, you know, like Jesus's voice is never going to be this demanding accusatory, like you're not doing enough or like you're, you're terrible at this it's always this gentle push towards a fruit basically like a goodness or like the ultimate truth right so does that make sense yeah no that absolutely makes sense i think um i I, I can't remember if i talked about this with you but i have this theory that i'm sure someone else came up with before me but for now i'm going to say i have this theory we have two guts we have the gut feeling that we really want to do something and we really think that that is just going to be the best and the end all be all. And then we have this other gut feeling and that's the true gut feeling. And I, and I firmly believe that that is God calling mm. us. And the other gut yeah. feeling is the part of us that we want to do. So our will 
as opposed to the other gut that's his will, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I love that. And it kind of sounds like that's what you're saying. How do we know that God is listening to us? That's a good question. I think there's probably some like certain Bible verse that is like, literally like talk to me children you know like (laughs) like, I I know I firmly believe or just that I feel like I know that he is always just like waiting and like listening you know yeah I definitely think that so the bible study that I was talking about it dives into like all of the parts of the our father and but basically just the beginning it discusses how Jesus is like this is how you are to pray our father so he just like he is letting us know like, that you should talk to God, you know, like he's emphasizing that, like, develop this relationship with your father who is, yeah, God in heaven. It seems like such a simple question. And then when you think about it, even I, I feel that people who are, you know, going to holy hours like you are, who are so deep in their spiritual life, when you sit back and you think about it, it kind of takes, you know, it, it takes you a second to try and figure out words to describe how you can explain this because I think for a lot of people and I know this is the way it is for you and it's the way for me I don't know it's like this uh spiritual warm embrace like that's Mm. how I you know you can get it when you're in front of um the Eucharist and adoration sometimes when you're just having that conversation with God help like wherever it may be it's just I don't know it's it's this inner peace and I know Father Patrick who I interviewed he talked about it um Mm -hmm. but yeah do we have to be still in order for God to speak to us no I don't think we have to be still for him to speak I think he can speak into us like at any time in any moment of the day but there's this actual there's this really cool quote from the Bible study that I'm doing right now saying like when we enter into silence we are saying with our bodies minds and hearts that we want to hear less of ourselves and more of what God has to say in our lives and that just I really I wrote it down I underlined it because that was it's so me like I think no like silence isn't mandatory for God to speak to us but us allowing ourselves to be in that silence and like not forcing, but like actively choosing to quiet ourselves, it gives him so much more just authority and like ability to like enter in in whatever way he wants to. Um, you know, and it's not required that we do that. You know, I, I don't think it's so much of we have to, but I think it's beautiful that we can and that when we do, he will come in to that, you know in movies or TV shows I've seen, which we all know is completely true, 100%. But I know, <laughs> but, but even yeah. even not, when, when you hear about people's conversion stories, which I always love hearing those, because you wind up, at least I, I've wound up realizing that so many of them, as different as they may seem, there's also this similarity to it, where it's people yeah. in a time of confusion and seeing this time of peace. And... Uh, For a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but it seems that with a lot of these stories, God will be speaking to them when they're not in the midst of silence at all, because they might have cut off God completely. I know. So definitely, yeah, because he is amazing and like all powerful and he can, he can do it in so many ways. But I also think it's like so cool that we can also do it. And like being silent is hard. Like, I don't know about you but like I get to prayer and I'm just like 
hey god like like just like literal laying everything on it and then sometimes for like the full hour and then by the end i'm like okay goodbye and like like someone explained to me too i think it was it was a priest i don't remember exactly who it was but they were saying how like imagine having a best friend that you go to but like every single time you're like just talking to them and then you're like okay bye and like you leave and like that wouldn't be like the the ultimate friendship you know like a friendship is like sharing and like giving um that was that was something that was really cool that I feel like that priest was talking about because it was like yeah I don't I want like a relationship with Jesus I don't want it to be this one-sided conversation um where I say everything and then it's over or in Bible study we discussed one of the girls um was like yeah it's almost like you have a best friend and you have like so much to tell them um, and they have stuff to tell you too. And so it's cool. Cause it's almost like Jesus is like so excited to see us and like, we're excited or, or we have all this stuff to tell him. And then we like go into it or like we meet up and then the friend's like, no, you go first. You know, it's like, Jesus is saying like, no, you go first, like give it to me. But then it's also like giving him that time to go and like to speak even if you're not, you don't think you're receiving anything or it's quiet and you just feel like in your head, I feel like he can so move in those moments so well. Do you ever feel like when you are praying that there might be an intention that you are praying for a specific thing or a specific person, which is an intention, I don't know why I said that, but an intention that you're praying for (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you feel like it's too big to ask for, and then there's this, at least I've experienced this, where I'll be praying for something that seems huge. And I'll say, I'm putting it in your hands. It's your will. And then there's this part of me that's saying, that's a really big thing to ask for. Then there's that other oh. part of me that's saying, but you're God. You're all powerful. It doesn't matter what I, I almost, yeah. I don't want to say that we sometimes dumb down God. Because uh, I feel like there's, there, there's a better way to word that. I feel like, um, we underestimate sometimes just how powerful yes. he is because it, it is hard to to comprehend, I think. Yes. I would so say that is also like almost an attack of spiritual warfare. You know, like the devil doesn't want you to bring these big, could be life altering things like to Jesus. You know, he's like, that would literally is the opposite of his plan. So it's like he is acting on us to like think that like, oh, that's too small or, oh, that's like way too much or, yeah, but it's just persevering through that. That made me think, like right as you said that, I was just reading, um, it's Luke chapter 11, verse like five to 13. Oh, it's called Further Teachings on Prayer. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, yes, I love that. And, um, it just says, and he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give him the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. The next line of that is like, and I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open, which is a classic, amazing Bible verse. But I love that part because it's keep asking because he will give it to you. Not even like, it doesn't have to be because of your friendship, but because of your persistence. Like I think so often... 
in life. We pray for something once and then we're like, well, I didn't get it. I guess it's not your will and you don't want this for me, God. But he's like asking us to like continuously persist and to ask because that's how a relationship grows, you know? Yeah, we don't just become friends with someone if we like we ask them one thing and then they give us and then it's done. No, it's like a, a give. It's an ongoing and, dialogue. Yeah, that's a word that Father Patrick used, and it's so true. Yeah, ongoing dialogue. I love that. How do we know if God answers us? Sometimes we don't, and like we won't, because the Lord might want us to wait more time. You know, like He never has like a like a deadline of like, oh, you pray for this two months max, and then like, I'll give it to you. Like, you know, it's just like, and you hear stories of saints that it's just, yeah, St. Monica, like 10 years late, not even 10 years, you'll have to check that, but it was like a while before her son converted and then became one of the greatest. So her persistence and the fruit of that was just incredible. But yeah, knowing that he answers us, that is hard. I think some of it too is changing our perspective or like, our outlook on the world, if that makes sense. Sometimes, or if I'm ever feeling like super down, or I'm thinking about times in my life where I have felt unworthy or just not in a great positive place, I would pray for the Lord to like love me and like pursue me more. And then like, and it wouldn't be the next day I could see Granted, he does that too. Saul becoming Paul, like that's insane. Or, you know, so um, he can do it like the next day, which I think that's another thing. Like we can't put expectations on him because we have like such human expectations. And so it's like, it's not. He's not not bound by time, you know? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to fathom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, I was asking him to love on me. And then like, I think my eyes kind of changed and I was like, oh, wow. Like this leaf literally like fell from the street and landed right on my shoulder. Like I could have, if I was still stuck in that negativity place, you know, I could have just sat in it and not cared. But it was like, wow, I asked Jesus to like pursue me and here he is doing it. How do you personally talk to God? And I mean, there's so many ways you can, Mm. there's so many ways you you can answer that. I know Father Patrick was saying that he journals. Um, I know personally, I, I guess it really depends. I usually do a morning and an evening prayer and sometimes some are longer than others. Sometimes it's, Hey, this is what happened today. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. just explaining, but I'm not sure yeah. what your, your, your experience is. Oh uh, yeah. I also love to journal. I think I'm definitely one that's like, my thoughts are more ordered when I'm writing them down. Cause if I just stay in my head too much, but also I love, so right now I just started a Marian consecration. Have you heard of those? I have heard of those. I have heard of those. Very cool. Yes. So that's been a new kind of like challenge, I guess you could say for me, but is to just grow closer to Jesus through Mary. And I did one before. It was like a couple years ago, but this was before I really got into my faith, really had a strong relationship with Jesus. And so, which was so cool looking back because I'm doing the same one that I did four years ago. And I was just praying today of how neat that connection is. But like four years ago, I asked to grow closer to Jesus through Mary. And like, even though I didn't see it, she totally had a hand in me basically reconverting and then becoming a focused missionary. And now it's like, wow, I'm here again. 
and I want her to do the same thing. Like, I want to grow closer to you, Mary, so you can, like, point me to Jesus. And I I really love that. Um, so I've been trying to pray a rosary every day. Um, that is just great in itself. That gives me time to just, like, reflect on her. Because I think a relationship with Mary is important and oftentimes kind of overlooked, especially with those that aren't Catholic. I know that's it's confusing to see how we venerate her but not worship, you know? Right. That's such a key line that you just said. And, yeah. that, and, that, and, that, and that's a whole nother conversation, but it is. I know. True. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's, true. that's that just great. I, I can't remember if I told you about this app. There's this app. It's not an app. Uh, it's actually another podcast. Free advertising <laughs> for them. So this is the part in the conversation where I rambled on about this podcast. So I'm going to make this really concise. I'm not being paid to say any of this. I discovered this a few months ago, but it's called A Rosary Companion. It is a podcast where someone says the rosary, and there is different background music as well as noises. I know personally, when I have used it, it helps keep my thoughts centered, and if my mind wanders for a second or two, it's very easy to dive right back in. So check it out. It's called A Rosary Companion, and it looks like this red background with the top of a turntable and it says together we pray what does it mean that we have to learn to hear god's voice learning to hear god's voice that makes me think a lot of patience and i think patience is something he so works through and just like us being still and in us like recognizing that yeah we need less of ourselves and more of him And he will teach us because I also firmly believe that he speaks to everyone in their such specific, unique way. In as much as every human is different, I 100% believe that Jesus speaks to each one in their own very specific individual way. So I think it's like finding his way of speaking to you, which like can be yeah aided with a lot of silence and time in front of the Adoration Chapel and just... Yeah, because if you think of, like, Joan of Arc and Therese of Lisieux, two entirely different people, love them both so much, and both are so rooted in the truth so wholeheartedly, you know, like, they would get along if they were talking to each other, you know, but it's the ways they lived out their sainthood is just, like, so phenomenally different, but beautifully so, and that kind of goes back to the gospel yesterday about being, like, the body of Christ and, like, different members of it and different parts of the body because we're all so necessary and like Christ is the head. What does it mean to feel God's presence and how do we know it's not just coming from me? To feel God's presence, um, it can definitely look different. That's something I've been praying with throughout this year of how like he doesn't just move in the consolation. You know how you can feel like sitting in front of the Eucharist I can say, like, I am, like, blessed to be able to, like, feel that or just, like, feel his presence sometimes, not all the time, but feel, yeah, like a warm embrace or just, like, that he is so present and just good and peaceful. And, like, yes, while that is so him, but also, like, not feeling that does not mean on, like, any level that he is not any less there, you know. He is still 100% completely fully there, and maybe he's just allowing this time of desolation or quietness on his part to, for you to grow or like to learn something new, you know? 
So I definitely think in kind of like similar to the way he talks to us is the ways that we can feel him. Consolation is a gift. I love something my team director said this year, actually. It was, and I know I'm going to misquote her, but it was basically, I want to love Jesus not because of the consolation he gives me, you know? So our, our faith and our love and our trust should never just rely on, well, I get these great feelings and like, in adoration because that's not there's not necessarily that's not necessarily going to be there forever and you've heard stories i'm sure you've heard like mother Teresa. i was about to mention her she went through years yeah right and so yeah and i teresa lasso also so and that is so inspiring to me because it's like yes their faith and they're like such strong like good true faith trust hope in jesus was completely like freely chosen by them it wasn't oh i'm choosing this because i feel good or like because of anything human it was just their will their intellect they were like the lord is the one and like he is what i want right and sometimes i mean just with what you were saying um i don't want to say we go through funks when it comes to spiritual life because there's definitely a more eloquent way of putting it but it's true i mean sometimes we are we are praying for something and that initial peace that we may get, which will happen when we pray sometimes. And then, yeah. or just that, yeah, it's that overwhelming peace that we know is God's presence. Um, sometimes we don't get it all the time. And you kind of wonder, am I doing something wrong? Is this not yeah. going to happen? <laughs> what is going on? And you have to, you're so, you, you, you are so right. Sometimes that's God just letting us, work through certain things never on our own but work through right. something and yeah Very yeah true. he's always there and i love i have a real new appreciation for this i think this year especially just because thinking about it if it wasn't that way and if everything was just so easy and basically given then it like we wouldn't have the ability to choose him you know we would almost be Slaves. Like a slave, just like going along. Yeah, exactly. It's like if there was no challenge, then yeah, it wouldn't be true love to like actually choose him. I feel like people who very much get it are people who are parents. Um, mm, yeah. Because that is something where it's, I mean, I can't fully, I would do my best to fully grasp, but I feel like it's not until that you, you know, you you have a child that you are taking care of where it is. You got to let them do what they're going to do, but still parent them. And you can't always force them to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you want to realizing that that is the most loving thing to do. Um, Yes. We kind of already talked about this, um, but did saints struggle with hearing God's voice? And if so, can you name any? I know you mentioned uh like later on in her life i believe correct me if i'm wrong but mother Teresa definitely did struggle with that a little bit yeah i just know if if there's anyone that you wanted to mention who you were like yes they absolutely did right now i'm reading a book about saint therese it's called maurice and therese i don't know if you've read that i have not read this so I had not heard of it either. Uh, my team director gave it to me. It is a phenomenal book. It's about letters between Therese and this priest named Maurice, who they just, they became friends. They didn't, they've never met in person. But basically this priest 
who was a seminarian at the time, wrote to her convent and asked for like a spiritual sister to help him because he knew he wanted to be a priest and he knew he needed prayers because he was struggling. Um, and so the priest, the Reverend Mother, or I don't, Mother Superior, she designated St. Therese uh, for him. And so they wrote back and forth. And it's just this like incredible like love formed between them. It's so inspiring because it's like a pure, genuine, like rooted in Christ friendship between a man and a woman. And I just think that that's so lacking in the world today. And it's so it's so hard to see. You know, the culture's like, no, men and women can't be friends. And it's just yeah, there's just so much freedom with Christ. But anyway, anyway, regardless. So I didn't know that she experienced any kind of like. I know some people call it dark night of the soul. So basically, she was describing in one of these letters to Maurice how, or it may have been in her autobiography and they just talked about it. Either way, she mentions this analogy that she feels like a little bird who is like flying and there's like a lot of clouds above the bird. But this bird is so confident that the sun is shining on the other side. This little bird may like walk around a bit and like get distracted by a flower and then like stop in like a muddy puddle and get its wings wet but it still knows that the sun is shining even though these clouds are here it's been like three or four chapters since then but i just still keep coming back to that in prayer of just wow i want to be that even when it seems like there's all these clouds and you're just jesus what are you doing where are you like are you here therese is just heck yeah i know he's there just like the sun do you have any advice on how individuals, young people, etc., can begin to learn to hear God's voice and then sustain it. I feel like sustaining it is the hardest thing to do because there's so much noise in the world right now of distractions yes. of, I'm going to say this prayer and I got a text message, go get coffee. You know, it's... Yes. I 100% agree. I think that's one of the reasons, like, focus exists is because... It's like that age, like 80% of people leave the faith because it's just college age in general. There's so many like distractions or like projections of things that like you should be. So yeah, I would also agree with you on that of how sustaining it is so hard. But as far as advice, I would highly recommend some sort of holy hour. I know that what started my reconversion was going on a retreat at LSU called Tiger Awakening. And then immediately after I went on the retreat, I kind of knew, like, that retreat was kind of like a, it's either yes or no. Like, I'm either in this or, like, I can reject it and go back to my old ways that weren't fulfilling me at all. But I wanted more than that. And so I signed up for a Monday holy hour every week. And I think, and sure enough, my first time, the second time, heck, the whole first month of going, I wasn't sure, like, what I was really doing. I was just sitting for an hour, and I was, how am I going to fill this time? And, like, maybe I'll write a little bit and then pray a rosary and then listen to this song. And I had it, like, just all lined up about how this hour was going to be. But I think the best thing I could have done was to just show up because I've heard it described before at many focused conferences about how the adoration, the Eucharist is literally like the sun when you're in adoration. And like when you're getting sunburn or tan, you can't see it happening, you know, but he is so like, he's just like radiating into you. And I think it's so true because that whole year, I mean, this is sophomore me in college. 
up until junior year, I don't think I could have noticed a tangible change in myself, but I, I like firmly believe he was transforming me like from the inside out. Like I would not be where I am today if I didn't just have that holy hour just to sit in front of him. And I did not hear his voice speak to me like, Rebecca, you must do, you know, I didn't like, there was no like written message on the ceiling. I was just there. And sometimes I was like, what am I even doing? But I had committed. And so I think, yeah, the best advice is to just show up. You will honestly do everything. You just got to show up. And I think definitely what you said, like, this is an age where commitment is hard. Yes. Yes. That, I mean, that's, yeah. that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast to try and reach yeah. out to people about our age and a little older, a little younger and just say, listen, we are, we all go through such similar experiences, even if you feel like yeah. you're all by yourself. And let's talk about the things that, that we yeah. have been thinking about maybe for years or maybe not. And it's, and it's uncomfortable. I, I, I don't know, but can yeah. you explain the the journey, and you can do it as many words as you want, as little as you want. Can you explain the journey of you becoming a focus minister? Is it minister? Is that right? Oh, yeah. We say missionary. Missionary. But... I don't know why I thought minister. Yeah. Missionary. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Oh, that's so funny because someone stopped me today and asked me why, just like this random student. And I was like, wow, I haven't been asked this in a while. And then, bam, it's here again. But yeah, absolutely. So I would say I would start with like going on Tiger Awakening. So I went to LSU and the first year and a half, I just kind of did what I thought would make me happy and did what I thought was very freedom and like whatever, which are just lies of the culture and just led me more and more down this road of I'm unhappy. I'm unsatisfied. This is not I want something more. But I didn't know it at the time. I was just kind of stuck in it. I went to confession a little bit before the retreat I went on sophomore year and Father Andrew just like spoke straight into my soul. Just like these, these truths that I really, I needed to hear and that I didn't even know I needed to hear. And I just like, and he also has this like look where it's like, Oh, that's Jesus. Like, and that is Jesus loving me. And I just, I felt so loved and so much more free than I ever had before. So I, yeah, I went on that retreat. I started the weekly holy hours and that just like it, from that point, it was this like constant, like, I want to know more. And I was, it was a tiny little seed inside me, but it was like searching and seeking. And, you know, we ended up getting focused missionaries on campus my junior year. And I wasn't like super close to any of them, still kind of like still like walking in my faith, but I feel like at a very like slower pace. And there were people like running to Jesus all around me. And I was kind of like dragging my feet still. Um, Ended up going on the Focus Conference SLS. I remember describing that as like an intellectual conversion because I had had all of these questions and I felt like my heart was towards Jesus, but that was getting my mind to like connect to that heart and what I felt. Um, And yeah, just constantly pursuing him. And then the idea came up of, do you want to apply? And I was like, wow, I do, but I don't think they would ever pick me because, you know, I'm I'm too this, I'm not enough of this, which is just a bunch of lies that I was really sitting in. Um, and finally, yeah, someone just told me, like, apply and get rejected if you think that, like, that's going to happen, you know, and then move on. Like, you're never going to be asking, like, well, what if, you know, so just apply. And I was like, okay, Jesus, whatever you want. Praise God that I was pretty detached and like I could be like hey like you take the reins and 
yeah, I don't know how he did it. But then I'm here and he is just, he is molding me like crazy and I love it, but it hurts sometimes. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> constantly. I feel like that transformation, not, not, I don't want to say transformation. I mean, there was a period yeah. in college for me where I went through, it was, it was basically an entire school year towards my latter years in college where I, uh, focused one-on-one with my relationship with God because I felt that I had been talking to him, but I hadn't been listening. And yes. I just, uh, I, I, I forced myself to, like every single night, I would, I think I would say a rosary. I would say different prayers for a long time. And at times it was, I guess painful is the best way to put it because I was, uh, telling people no, I didn't want to hang out. I was very by myself, um, and just felt very alone. But I was, I knew that I needed to go through this in order to mend my relationship with God, work on things inside of myself that, we all go through and um yeah it can be painful but man is it is it so worth it because after that um of course you have your dips and you have have your valleys and you have your hills of going through different things but for the most part after that it was you know smelling like roses if you will just saying i i essentially went through this work period if if, if you will, of working on this relationship with God, whereas of course, not just me, it's him working on me through it. Right. And then by the end of it, it was, or by, I don't even want to say the end because it, it still is an ongoing thing, but the, but those initial months of going through it, um, after that, it was, it was so much easier. It was more freedom and looking back on it. Um, cause that was, that, that was a couple of years ago, looking back on it. I'm so glad that, I forced myself to do this or I shouldn't say I, that God forced me to do it because it was really him calling me to do that. And the things that I was able to work through during that time period and think about during that time period, um, to not have to be going through it now where I'm out of, you know, I'm out of, you know, uh, academia altogether. And it's interesting. And that was a ramble, but, um, it's true. Oh, yeah. It's so interesting to hear how he works through other people and then be able to like tie them to other people because they wind up yeah. once again, they're different, but there's still this similarity. I love that. It's crazy. I love that so much. This is like, yeah, it's literally, it's, it's truth. It's like all rooted in truth. And that's why. Yeah. Veritas, baby. Oh, Veritas. Yes. Getting it back. Bringing it back, absolutely. Is there anything that you would like to leave off with? Uh, you feel like God's calling you to say something? There's actually a girl, a woman in my Bible study, she's a freshman at Fort Hayes, um, said that, yes, our relationship with God should be like, or with Jesus Christ, should be a transformation and not a transaction. And I was just like, wow, I, I love that so much. Like, it... It reminded me of the prodigal son. It was just like, yes, it's not like, what can I do? You know, the older son in the prodigal son story of how he's like, what the heck, man? Like, I've been here all this time. And the father was just like, all I have is yours, dude. Like, yeah, you're you're still my son. And it's just because the older son was looking at it as like, a, I do this and I get this. And it's just like, wow, Jesus wants to transform us. He doesn't want to just be like, yep. Yeah, 
you give me a rosary and I'll give you some good grades. It's like, no, no, like there's so much more, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) and I don't know why. Yeah. I was just like on my mind, but I love that. I love this. Thank you for having me. And that concludes the episode for this week, as well as the topic, how do we talk to God? As this podcast evolves, I know that different topics will call for a different number of perspectives, but I always want to get a minimum of two, just in case that was not mentioned in the past. I felt that both of these brought different views to the table. One interviewee in the Young Catholics age group and the other one outside of the Young Catholics age group. I hope that they brought you some clarity as well as helped you with your prayer life. I know I'm strongly considering getting a journal and writing down my thoughts. Guys, the website is just about done. I'm really excited about it. I'll be discussing it in our next episode for sure, and if it gets done ahead of time, then I might do a quick bonus episode between now and then explaining how it works, though it's pretty straightforward. The Young Catholic Podcast is on Instagram at theyoungcatholic underscore podcast. For those of you who have followed us, thank you. And for those of you who haven't, you will see that it is pretty bare when compared to other accounts. Though I am open to suggestions about making it fancier with quotes and Bible verses, I also think that social media is a time sucker. And just as I have discussed with some guests on the show, there is a lot of noise in the world right now. And I want this podcast to be... A calm in the storm, if you will. So if you follow us, know that the account is only used for updates regarding the show, such as new episodes, when the website becomes available, etc. This may change in the future, once again, open to suggestions, and you can even message us on our Instagram account. But for now, that is the way that things are. Our next episode will be airing November 27th, so let these past two episodes sink in as you start prepping for Thanksgiving plans. The next topic you might be wondering, oh man, it is a really good one. So from one young Catholic to another, preach the truth as if you had a million voices. It is the silence that kills the world. St. Catherine of Siena.